entrance of your word bring light into my life. Today, I open my heart to receive the water of the word. Nourish me in the word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Father, thank you for another opportunity to get into your word. It is a privilege to teach your word with simplicity and with understanding. And I thank you that your people are also here to receive that word, to understand and to have the ability to outwork the word in their lives, in our lives. I pray that God, that everything you had in mind in giving me this word, in sending us this word, Lord, we pray that it will be experienced in our life today. It is in Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, Amen. Amen. The book of Deuteronomy chapter what? 11. Deuteronomy chapter 11. Today I'm going to continue to speak to you on what we started to look at last week. I call that message stupendously blessed. Anybody blessed in the house today? I call that message stupendously blessed because the word stupendously or stupendous is, is an adjective. It's a descriptive word. It describes how amazing something is. It describes how wondrously blessed you are. It describes some, if something is massively impressive. It, 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 it means astounding. It means something that causes amazement. It is um, um, something that is marvelous. And I, and I want to interject and say that I am not exaggerating your blessed state. When I say you are stupendously blessed, you are truly blessed, it is not just a snazzy title, but, but it was the only thing that I could find at the time that adequately expressed your state of blessedness. Because the reality is that as we dig into the word, you will find that you are more blessed than you can compute. Amen. Why don't you make that confession with me? Say, I am more blessed than I think. Come on, say it again. I am more blessed than I think. And my faith is that as we dig into the word, that, that you will find this to be true. That you will open your heart and you don't just say, take that because I said it or because it's the title of the message. But as we dig into the word and unpack the word of God, that indeed you will find that, the, 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 that we are so blessed. We are blessed in a profound way. But more importantly, my faith is that we will also begin to live our lives in the light of this blessing. That not only will we live, will we receive the fact that we are blessed, but we will start to make plans. We will start to think about our future. We will start to think about our lives in view of this blessing, of this most blessed state. But let's start in this foundational scripture here in Deuteronomy chapter 11. Verse 10 says, for the land which you are going to possess. Someone say, this is that land. It's not like the land of Egypt where you have come from, where you sowed your seed and you watered it by foot as a vegetable garden. But the land which you cross over to possess, it is a land of hills and valleys, which drinks water from the rain of heaven. So this is the foundational scripture that we are building and framing our lives with this year because the will of God for us is that we are not going to be depending on our own ability to supply that which we need. But indeed, the will of God is that we will depend on his supply. And God is intending to supply water from the rain 
of heaven. I like us to make confessions as we go along because it is a quick way to write something on your heart if you are paying attention to what we are saying. So say this after me. Someone say, my land, my family, my businesses, my church, my friends, my nation drinks water from the rain of heaven. We look to heaven. Come on, say after me. We look to heaven completely for our sustenance. Amen. And so we've been digging into the word of God, trying to understand what this rain means, what this rain and what this water stands for. And we said that the rain is a type of the blessing. More recently, we said the rain is a type of a blessing. We've already talked about how water is a type of the word, uh, and I don't want to go into all of that, but we talked about the rain being a type, a, a foreshadow, a type and shadow of the blessing of the Lord. Amen? We said, and so last week we started to look at what that word bless means. Unfortunately, it's one of those words that now sounds fraudulent. It's one of those words that if you hear at church, it feels like that's a shallow church. It's one of those words that has been, that has been you know, uh, reduced and undervalued. It's been reduced to something that, that you say to somebody who's, who just sneezed. It, it, it's been reduced and undermined. Um, it, it, it's, it's something that we, we, we would now say to somebody when you're being rude in a polite way. You know, when someone is being rude in a polite way, they say, bless you. No, oh, bless. Amen. That's so cute. Oh, bless. You know, what they're trying to say is that well done for trying, but you're not quite up to par. And so the word has been hijacked in many ways and, uh, and undermined and undervalued in, in, in every different way. It's been, it's been abused by hirelings in the pulpit and undermined by our culture. And so when we talk about the word bless, it's almost like if you are a reasonable person, there is something in you that wants to switch off. But I need you to know that a gold coin that has been dragged through the mud is still as valuable as it was before it got in the mud. It will not be wise to reject gold because it is dirty. Are you listening to me? It will not be wise to say that, that, that I am not going to receive or think about this word or receive what this thing is saying because of the connotations that our culture and our experience have put on this word because the reality is that that word is a, more, is a weighty word. It is a weighty word. It is at the heart of the good news of Jesus Christ. That word blessed it is at the heart of the best thing that Jesus brought for us. Every benefit that we uh, expect to experience, will ever experience, have experienced, is based on that word bless. The Hebrew word for the word bless is the word Barak, as in Barack Obama or Barack Ngoma, amen, whichever Barack you choose to think about, but the, is the word Barak, and it means to kneel. It means to kneel. The primary definition of the word is to kneel. Now, the most common definition for the word blessed or blessing is an empowerment to prosper, an empowerment to succeed. But we need to understand that the action of Barak, the kneeling, is, is, is the thing that brings about the empowerment to prosper. Are you with me so far? 
is the thing that brings about the empowerment to prosper. If you're with me, say amen. amen. There is no way that I can know that you are with me because I, unless I hear you, I like, to, I like to listen to you. I don't want you looking at me and thinking about chicken, okay? So, so, so I see you looking at me, but I don't take that as enough because, you know, all of us can be in the same place but be in different worlds at the same time. Anyone, you know, you know that happens where your neighbor is in a different world to you, uh, all based on what you're thinking. So if you are with me, say amen. amen. Praise God. This is so important that I don't mind um, interrupting your, your, your life to bring this word in, into, into your mind. So look at this. When we understand what the action of Barak means, then we understand how that brings about the empowerment to prosper. The act of kneeling. So we said that the word bless is the primary word, the primary meaning of the word is the Hebrew word barak, and the primary meaning of the word is to kneel. The secondary meaning, the, the, the second meaning of the word is to pronounce, is to speak, is to declare. And we'll look at some of that today. But the thing that makes the declaration what it is, is the primary meaning. It is the kneeling that makes it what it is. Now, well, the, the act of kneeling in ancient, in ancient rituals um, is, is one in which a king pledges their alliance or, or anybody um, pledges their alliance. The reason you go before the queen and you, you, are, you, you bow or you kneel, that action is demonstrating, is saying that, that you are in alliance with the one that you are bowing to, the one that you are kneeling to. So when one king kneels to another king, what they're doing is they are pledging their alliance. They are saying, I'm going to submit my domain. I'm going to give you my power. I'm going to give you all that I am. I recognize that you are a principality, and I recognize that I want to join forces with you. I could go all kinds of places with it. I want to join forces with you, and because I want to join forces with you, I will bow the knee. Amen? I will kneel to you. I would kneel to you and submit all of these things. And, and, and by doing that, what you do is that you empower the one who you're kneeling to. You empower them to continue to succeed. But then we come in Genesis. If you, if you understand, you understand that, say amen. Come on, wave to me if you understand. Praise God. This is big. I want you to get it. I, I don't want to get, I, I, I am aware, I, I could just be getting excited by myself. Because I read this thing and I can't sleep. I'm just really excited about it and I don't want to stay in my world. And so we find in Genesis chapter 1, God created mankind in his image, in his likeness. He creates mankind out of dirt, out of the dust of the earth. He creates mankind out of the stuff that if your children brought into your home, you will send them back out. The thing that you are trying to get rid of in your houses, in your most precious places, is the thing that God went and got a hold of and said, this is what I'm going to create my masterpiece from. Let me tell you, you don't have a mess that God cannot use. There is nothing so dirty in your life that he cannot turn around, that he cannot use for his glory. It is, it is him demonstrating the masterpiece of, or demonstrating the genius of his artistry that he will not find gold and make man out of gold or out of diamond, but look for the thing that we all trod upon. And he makes man out of the dust of the earth. Be to God. 
just to display how excellent he is. And so he creates man out of the dirt and he does something phenomenal in verse 28. Genesis chapter 1 verse 28. The first four words he says, then God blessed them. He creates man out of the dust of the earth, and he said, can we read that together? Someone say, then, God one more time, then God one more time, then God let's put some music to it, then God, then just joking, don't put music to it, maybe you can, but, but look at this, he says, then God blessed them, that word blessed is also the word what? Barak. It means to kneel. So check what God does. He, 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 he blessed mankind. Now, think about this for a second, and, and, and it is um, because it is un uncomfortable to think that the God of all creation, and this is why we want to track with this and see what's awesome. It is uncomfortable to think that, the, that God, the God of all creation, would kneel to dirt. He would kneel to the dust that he has just created because in our world and in our man-made systems, you don't bow to someone that is below you, okay? You, 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 you bow to someone that you feel is above you. You don't kneel to, to someone. You, you only kneel when you're being subservient to the one that you are kneeling to. It is those who are subservient that tend to kneel. And so it's uncomfortable for us to imagine that, that, that God would kneel to dust. But this is what is so unique, hear me, this is what is so unique about the Christian faith. This is what is so unique about the God of the Bible. Because every, of every religion, every, in the history of mankind, it places a demand on you to bow the knee to God. But when it comes to the God of the Bible, he created you. And let me tell you, he didn't just kneel. He literally gave his life for you. When it came to the God of the Bible, whilst people would accept a kneeling, God creates the dust of the earth. If you can get this mystery, then you will understand what I'm saying today. He creates man out of the dust of the earth, and he doesn't just kneel to man. He literally laid down his life for you. He says, no greater love than this can a man have for his friend than for him to lay down his life for his friend. Hallelujah. He gave us a foreshadowing of this, an indication of this in the book of Genesis 15 in verse 9 when Abraham is giving Abraham promises and Abraham is doubting and not sure if God is going to do this. And you might be here and you're wondering if, uh, why would God bless me? And he said to Abraham in verse 9, he said to him, bring me a three-year-old heifer, bring me a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. All of these are types and shadows of Jesus, who is God. People of God, when I say you are stupendously blessed, I am not exaggerating. 
I am not hyping. I'm trying to tell you that the God of all the universe, the one who made the heavens and the earth, the one who spoke the stars into being, the one who has numbered every head on your head, the one who created every single human being, and he never repeated a thumbprint. He never repeated an eye print. A God who created unique people, fat, short, tall, big, wide, from all kinds of nationalities, all kinds of backgrounds, the God who has walked with you through the water, the God who has kept you alive, El Shaddai, the God Almighty, El Elyon, the Most High God, the beginning and the end. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the rock upon which we stand. He is our Redeemer, our salvation. He is our God in whom we trust. He is our righteousness. He is our shepherd. He is our deliverer. He is our song. He is our everything. He was there at the beginning. He will be there at the end. He is the unchanging changer. He is a man of war. No one came before him. No one will come after him. This God. Hey. This God. This God said, I'm not just going to kneel for you. I'm going to lie down. I'm going to. I'm going to. He says, I'm not going to kneel. I want you to know this is how much I am for you. I am going to lay down my life on a, and I will put a covenant on it. In other words, he didn't just, he didn't do it at the back. He died on a hill. He died on a mountaintop. Jesus Christ died on a mountaintop so that everybody will know that God laid down his life for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but he died for me. I want you to think about it for every single person that ever existed. God, before he asked for any need to bow to him, he knelt to you. He gave you, he, he blessed you. How did he bless you? By giving his life. I want you to think about what I am saying today. The God, the God who is literally upholding everything by the power of his word. That God who is the captain of the hosts of heaven. That God who when he speaks, legions of angels move. This God has laid down his life. I'm telling you, you are blessed. And may this be the last day you ever feel shamed out of saying, I am blessed. Because your blessing is not a car. It is some lazy preacher that told you that you are blessed and the blessing is the car. No, the blessing is not the car. The blessing is a God who will lay down his life for you. The blessing is that God favors you so much that he's laying down his life. And by the way, the laying down of his life is not just the laying down. He is saying... All that I am, I now give to you. All that I have, I share with you. You are not just, he didn't just die for you to redeem you from sin. What he did is he recalled us out and then he made us joint heirs with Christ. He brought us into his family. This is what the blessing looks like. And so... 
Galatians 3, 9, I'm not even apologizing for shouting at your face today because you, you need to know. Galatians 3, 9, he says, he says, so then those who are of faith, those who are, Galatians 3, 9, he says, so then those who are of faith, I'm looking for some people of faith, amen. I was hoping you identify yourself. So those who are of faith. So those who are of faith. Come on. Those who are of faith. Come on. Those who are of faith. If you're not sure, I'm giving you a chance to see yourself. I, I, I want you to believe. Those who are of faith are those who believe that God has given you. Imagine. This is the scenario. This is the scenario. Remember, I, I don't have that picture this week. I don't know if we still have the picture from last week where, where I showed two kings, one standing and one kneeling. If we have that, just, just um, I, I'll know we have it if we can just dim the lights and, and pop that. But if we don't, don't worry about, the, don't worry about it. So, so, w imagine what happens when one king is standing. Oh, wonderful, we have it. So if we, That's wonderful. Thank you so much. So this is the picture I showed you from last week. What's happening is the one who is kneeling is blessing the one who is standing up. But what, what, now, what needs to happen is that the one who is standing up needs to accept. Okay? The one who is standing up needs to accept what the one who is kneeling is saying. Otherwise, all of his power will be of no benefit to him if he doesn't believe that he has anything to offer him. That is what faith looks like. God has laid down his life. And so Galatians is saying to us, those who are of faith, those who see that indeed God has laid down his life for me, those who believe that it is for me that he died, those who believe that it is me that he gave, he came for, it is me he sent his word for, those are they who are of faith. Any people of faith in here today? Come on, I want you to give the Lord a shout of praise if you are of faith. So he says, he says, don't be shy. Listen, listen, never be hesitant to identify yourself as a believer because it is not an identification into a little club. It is an identification that says, I belong to the family of God. So look at this. He says, and those who are of faith are blessed. They are blessed. They are happy. They are fortunate. That's what the word blessed. They are, they are, the, the reason they are blessed, they are happy, fortunate. That's what that word means. The state of blessedness, if you read it in some amplified versions, it will say, whatever it says blessed in the Bible, it will put in brackets to be envied. It will put in brackets happy. It will put in brackets. It will talk about how uh, you, 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 that describes that state of blessedness. But the reason we, are, we have that state of blessedness is because of the kneeling. Because God has blessed you. And so now you are blessed. Not because of the car you have or the house you live in. We'll come to all of those things. But I need you to, because what the enemy does is that he discourages you. He tells you that because you don't have a new car, you're not as blessed. But the reality is that you are just as blessed as the guy who has 10. Amen? Because the blessing is not the things. That is why you can lose things. Listen, that is why Christians lose things. 
because God never intended for things to be the blessing. He intended for you to enjoy things. Are you listening? He intended for you to have things, but he never intended for you to define your blessed state by things. Because it wasn't things that blessed you. It was God that barracked you. And so when I, say, when I say you are stupendously blessed, I'm not exaggerating. I'm telling you the truth. Anybody, he's telling you the truth. Because when he gave his life for you, he gave you access to his kingdom. That's what a covenant does. He gave you access to the kingdom. So the one who is kneeling, the one who is standing up, you know, if two kings are getting to, get into that state, so the one who is kneeling might not have, or, uh, might have, you know, soldiers, might have tankers, might have archers, or, uh, tankers and archers, I've just moved into two different times. But anyway, they, <laughs> they, they might have, you might have all kinds of things that the one who is standing up doesn't have. But the one who is standing up doesn't have to have archers in his domain, but he can plan like someone who has archers. He doesn't have to have money in his bank account, if the one who blessed him has money, he can make plans like somebody who has money. Why? Because he is blessed. So when, when we say, when you look at your bank account and you say, you see it at, you know, red, maybe purple, and you declare, <laughs> and you declare, I am blessed, it's not hype. You are saying, I might not have it, but I am blessed by someone who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Somebody who doesn't need money to provide. If he needs to, he can send a bird to bring me food. That is why you are blessed, even when you don't have anything in your account. Hallelujah. You are blessed even when there is sickness in your body. You are blessed because sickness does, or sickness does not define your blessed state. Sickness is not the thing or health is not the thing that makes you blessed. It is the presence of God. And the beauty is that if I don't have it now, I have access to the one who has divine health. So let the weak say, I am strong. Because in your weakness, you are still strong. Why? Because you are blessed. I'm blessed, y'all. I am blessed. I'm blessed in the morning, blessed at night, blessed in midday, blessed when I go out, blessed when I come in, blessed when I put my hands to a blessed. Everywhere I go, the blessing is chasing me down. The blessing is working in my family. The blessing is working for my children. The blessing is working in my business. God has released all that he is, all that he has. Angels follow me everywhere I go, not because I deserve angels, but because the God who owns all the angels, he has laid down his life for me. So a thousand may fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand, it shall not come near me, because only with my eyes shall I see the reward of the wicked. Why? I am blessed. Hallelujah. So when I walk through the fire, I'm blessed. When I'm in the deepest parts of the valley and it's dark and nobody's there, I am there. I am blessed because even there, God is there. If I make my bed in hell, like the psalmist says, even God is there. Why? Because he, you are so blessed that even when you are in your darkest, deepest season, 
Your blessed state is not defined by where you find yourself. Your blessed state is defined by the fact that there is a God who has said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will not even relax my grip on you. Hebrews 13, 5 in the Amplified says, I won't even relax my grip on you. That is how blessed you are. I'm blessed. Someone say, I'm blessed. blessed. Someone say, I'm blessed. blessed. See, before you can be a blessing, we we will talk about being a blessing, but you know, before you can be a blessing, you have to accept that you are blessed. He said to Abraham, I will bless you, and then you will be a blessing. If Abraham didn't accept the blessing, he would not be a blessing to us. It's like when you're on the plane, and they say, if this plane is crashing, what you need to do is get your own oxygen mask on first before you help another person. It sounds wrong, but the reality is that until you accept the blessing that God has for you, you won't have the oxygen or the mindset or the wherewithal, the, the, the presence of mind to bless another person. So one more time, someone say, I am blessed. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1. First Corinth- I want you to rethink the blessing. This blessing of the Lord, you can't, no one can steal it from you. We'll look, at, we'll look at the implication of this in a little while. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. <clears throat> the enemy convinced you that because of what, what you have been through, you mustn't be blessed. He lied to you. And I came to reverse that lie today. The enemy convinced you because of what you have been through that you are not blessed. They lie to you. I came to reverse that lie today. The enemy convinced you that because of your mistakes, because of your weaknesses, you can't possibly be blessed. David put it this way. Blessed is the man whom God does not count his sin against. This is how powerful your blessed state is. God has laid down his life for you that he is no longer counting your sins against you. Why? Because you are blessed. You are blessed. And 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30 says, but of him, but of him you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom. He has become for us the wisdom of God and righteousness. So check this out. Wisdom is the correct application of knowledge. Okay? Wisdom is not just, no, there is a difference between knowledge and wisdom. Many people have knowledge. Not everyone has wisdom. The professors have a lot of knowledge, but not necessarily a lot of wisdom. Okay? Knowledge is what it is. It is knowledge. But wisdom is the ability to apply knowledge in the correct way to produce the results that you are looking for. That's what wisdom is. You are in a situation with your children, and you don't know what to do about this child. Wisdom is not just knowing the current situation. Wisdom is knowing the current situation, but also knowing how to apply the knowledge you have in such a way that it produces results. Knowledge is knowing that your spouse is angry with you or they're not happy with you. Wisdom is knowing what to do about what you know. And because you are blessed, check this out. He says, Christ has now become the wisdom of God for me. So look at this. If I'm ever in the place where I don't know what to do, I don't need to resign in life. I don't need to quit. Why? I am blessed. And because I am blessed, what that means is that Christ has become for me what I don't have. That's why I say I don't have anything. Um, Did you get that? 
I, I am, <coughs> I'm in a place where I'm not claiming any strength. Think about it for a second. Paul says, all the things that I, I have gained, I count them as dung. Because as important as they are, I am blessed by somebody who has things that, that makes more sense. So even though I have a degree, even though I have learned from the best, even though I have the, all those things, thank God for them, but, but compared to what Jesus has for me, I count them all as dung. Amen? Because covenant exposes you to what the other person has. Amen? The day we got married, hallelujah, look at my fine wife, Shababa. Can I, just, can I just enjoy the Lord right now and just give God for the glory? She's blushing. <coughs> the day she looked at me and saw the glory of God all over me <laughs> and decided I am going to, I am going to give my, I will make this guy my Lord. <laughs> I have the microphone. Leave me alone. What happened in that covenant relationship is that everything that I am, including my 14-inch TV at the time, <laughs> at the time we got married, the only, the only thing I probably had was this little TV that was not bigger than this symbol. It was this, this little TV, and you could only get five channels on that. Didn't even have, <laughs> anyway, so I said, you're getting married to me because of all my money, don't you? You want everything that I have. What I love about, about what we, this year will be nine years. Glory be to God. Nine years. And God has kept us. The point I make, I don't know how I got into all of that, but the point I was trying to make was, was that the moment that we got into the covenant of marriage, it, 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 immediately whatever I have became hers. So, so she, and whatever she has became mine. So when she makes plans, she doesn't make plans like somebody who doesn't have a husband. She makes plans to say, okay, I'm good. I, I, I have somebody that I am working with. It's what a covenant looks like. When you plan, you might not have the wisdom, okay? You might not have the wisdom for what you need. But, but because you are blessed, you have someone who has become for you wisdom. And so Jane says, if you ever lack wisdom, ask. He gives liberally. Why? Because you are blessed. So even when you don't know what to do, you are still blessed. And because you are blessed, you will know what to do. And, and sometimes I say to folks, just give it time. Because you are blessed. We don't know what to do right now. But if you keep thanking God and stay where you are, you will know what to do. Why? Because you are blessed and Christ has become for you wisdom from God. He has become righteousness and sanctification. 1 Corinthians, we're still in 1 Corinthians 1.30. And sanctification, righteousness and sanctification and redemption that, that as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. Because he has become all of these things. So you might have messed up and done some horrible things that you don't even think you can come back from. But you can still keep your head up like the righteousness of God in Christ. Not because you are righteous in your own. Not because you deserve that righteousness. But because you are blessed. And, there, and Jesus has become the one who laid down his life for you. Has become for you righteousness. 
So now, because of my blessed state, I'm always happy. I'm always forgiven. I am always blessed. My mind is always working right. Even when my mind is not working right, I can say this is not my mind. A mind that doesn't work is not mine because I have the mind of Christ. I am blessed. That's how blessed I am. Maybe right now I am in turmoil in my mind, but I best know that this place of turmoil is not my best mind. This is not who I am right now because my mind thinks on things that are pure. My mind thinks on things that are... Are you with me so far? Because you are blessed, you have access to stuff that is not yours. And you can claim it like it is yours. Are you with me so far? So, so, so he has become all these things. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1. Someone say, I am blessed. I am blessed. Let this begin to color your life. Imagine how you will approach work if you really believe God is with you. If you really believe, you know, this changes everything. You are blessed. So there are people you don't need to fight anymore because you thought they stole your blessing. Nobody can block this blessing. Do you see what I mean? Do you see why Christians don't need to curse? We don't need to send the Holy Ghost fire to burn anybody. Why? Because you are so blessed Nobody can take, no one. Someone once said that they're trying to block your destiny. They cannot block your destiny. They don't, do, do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? Listen, we said this last week. The only power the enemy has is the same power that we gave him. The only reason the devil has power is because God blessed man. Man blessed the devil. That's what Adam did in the garden. When he blessed him, when he obeyed the devil, he took everything that he had, including the blessing that God gave him, and he gave it to Satan. So Satan has the audacity when Jesus shows up to say to Jesus Christ, look, I will give you all of this kingdom. Because man blessed him. And we still try to bless the enemy. Every time you talk of the enemy, you are blessing him. Amen. Amen. Don't underestimate him because he's been around longer than you. Amen. He has seen people like you before. Amen. The devil has seen, you're not the first Christian to come against him. He has seen this. He has seen people who were Shabbat buying at 12 midnight before. So we're not going to underestimate him, but we're not going to overestimate him. Because of your place in Jesus, you know, it changes everything. You are blessed. Say it again, I am blessed. Let me give you a little bit more detail. Look at Genesis chapter 1. Go back to Genesis 1. Is this helping somebody today? Plan your life like you are blessed. Look at your future like you are blessed. Amen? Stop expecting them to fire you. No, you're blessed. So if they fire you, God is still with you. I tell people who are believing God for something, um, don't be afraid of the worst case scenario. Amen? In fact, I, I tell people this, and, and I have to be careful as I say, Muslims, I'll tell you, let's go to the worst case scenario. If you are sick in your body, what is the worst that can happen? The worst that can happen if, is that you will die. And if you died, let's find out what happens. If you died, do you know what would happen? You'll be blessed. So let's go and visit the worst case scenario and pull the enemy off his power. Then we come back and say, but I will live long and live strong. Amen. So, so, so we're not afraid of the worst case scenario. But we are walking with God. Amen. We are so blessed. Look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. I'm going to read this from the King James Version. If you're with me, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Genesis 1, 28. Um, it, it says, and God barracked them. 
That's what that word means. Genesis 1, 28. If you're there, say amen. amen. It says, and God blessed them. Check this out. And God blessed them. And he knelt. And he gave himself for them. Amen. And he laid down his life for them. That, uh, I want you to think about that word differently now. Okay? Because if you don't understand that word, then you're not going to understand what's coming next. So, so, so he says, and God blessed him. And, everyone say and. And then after he blessed them, he said. Okay? After he blessed them, God first blessed them. The kneeling preceded the speaking. Are you with me so far? If, if you don't understand God's posture as he brings his word to you, his word might not carry as much weight as it, as it ought to carry. So the Bible says he blessed them and then he said to them, amen? This is why I think I said a little bit of this last week. This is why what you listen to is important. You gathering around the presence of God is important. You gathering where the word of God is spoken is important because the speaking of God's word is the release of the power in him blessing you. Does that make sense? Many people, are, in fact, do you know that all of mankind is already blessed? In other words, Jesus has given himself for every single human being. So everyone is blessed. But the difference between those who are blessed and operate in the blessing is their interaction with the word. Because the power of the blessed or the power of, of being blessed is contained in the word. Okay, let me put it a different way. The power of being blessed is contained in Jesus Christ. And Jesus is the word. That is why there is no other way to heaven but through Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ is the word of God that confirms your blessed state. Okay? Jesus is God saying, this is for real. I have really laid down my life for you. So much so. And I will send my son, not an angel, not another servant. I will give you my own son. One more time. Somebody say, I am blessed. I am blessed. So he blessed them, and then he said to them, I'm going to say some things. Can I say some things to you today? And I pray that you receive the word of God, not because I am saying it, but because you are blessed. Okay? This is also where sometimes us men of God, we sort of twist, not me, amen, but you know, the other people. Okay. We twist the word of God because, because we make it seem like it is me saying stuff that blesses you. It isn't. It is God kneeling and dying for you that blesses you. What I do is become God's mouthpiece to say what God is saying to you to release the blessing. Does that make sense? Okay, so, so, so look at this. God blessed them and he said to them, he said, be fruitful. Be fruitful. To be fruitful is to multiply. To be fruitful is not to multiply. We're talking about multiplication. To be fruitful is to bear fruit. It is to bring forth fruit. Let me put it a different way. To be fruitful is to have seeds of something on the inside of you. Something that you want to see manifested. Fruitfulness is manifesting what you have on the inside of you. 
Fruitfulness is imagining or having an imagination of a blessed life. An imagination of God using you. An imagination of starting a company. An imagination of being helpful to so many people. Fruitfulness is having an imagination on the inside which doesn't stay on the inside but actually stay, comes out. And the blessing enables you to be fruitful. I prophesy over you that this will be a season of fruitfulness. That your season of fruitfulness is here. That this will be days where the things that you see inside of you, the enterprises you see inside of you, the facilities you see inside of you, because you are blessed, you will produce fruit. And your fruit will abound in the name of Jesus. You have been created to bear fruit. He blessed them. And the first thing he said to them is be fruitful. Hallelujah. So I say to you, be fruitful. Amen. Someone say, I am fruitful because I am blessed. So we expect to bear fruit. I challenge you to not, to not despise the seed on the inside of you. There are so many things that God has placed on the inside of us that oftentimes we just overlook and think, oh, God couldn't possibly do that in me. But the will of God, and this is what God is doing this year, is highlighting to you that you are blessed and there is a, there is a blessed state that you are, that you can bear good fruit in line with the seeds that God has placed inside of you. You don't always have to bow to your flesh. You have the spirit inside of you so you can bear spiritual fruit. You don't always have to fall for that mistake or get angry in the same way or fear your future. No, God has not given you a spirit of fear but one of power, of love, and a sound mind. That seed is already on the inside of you. This is your time to bear fruit. This is your time to bear fruits of boldness. This is your time to bear fruits of, of audacity, where you will do things that shock your generation because out of you will come stuff nobody knew was there. But because you are blessed, you are fruitful. I challenge you to expect fruitfulness in your life. I said I challenge you to expect fruitfulness in your life, that your prayers will bear fruit that none of your words will fall to the ground, that wherever you go, you will bear fruit. You start a business, it will bear fruit. Your marriage will bear fruit. Your children will bear fruit. Your words will bear fruit. Your kindness and your forgiveness and your willingness to overlook that offense, it will bear fruit. Some of you let go of your father who hurt you a long time ago, and, you are, and, and that hurt seems to come back. No, let me tell you, that decision to sow that seed of forgiveness because of the blessing, it will bear fruit. It will bear fruit. Why? Because I am blessed. It will bear fruit because God has knelt. God has given, he has blessed me. And he says, be fruitful and multiply. Someone say multiply. multiply. To multiply is to make many. Glory to God. To multiply is to produce much more. To multiply is to, is, to, is to accentuate, to get more of something. To multiply is to, is to be more than one. Amen? When God called you, he never called you to live a small life. When God called you, let me just speak up to you, he didn't call you to live all by yourself. 
He, he said, Jesus put it this way. He says, go and make disciples of all nations. In other words, the things that I have put inside of you, go and multiply it. Not only will you be fruitful by, I, I, I speak over you, that by the, by the blessing of the Lord that he has released upon you, by the giving of his life, not only will you be fruitful, you will raise many others who are fruitful too. That's what multiplication looks like. Multiplication looks like it's not just you who is experiencing the fullness of that, but we are going to another level where it is not just you who will be prosperous, but because of you, you will multiply that prosperity. You will multiply that fruitfulness in every area of your life. People will bump into you, and something that is on you will rub off on them, and now they are producing results that are... Look, that look like what God has blessed you with. Yeah. Amen. Multiply. Someone say multiply. multiply. He blessed them and he says to them, be fruitful. Yeah. He didn't give you an option. Think, he didn't say think about being fruitful. He didn't say, he said be fruitful. Yeah. I love when God speaks audacity, with, with that audacity because he knows who he is. Amen. Be fruitful. He says and multiply. I love this bit. He says and replenish the earth. I don't want to go into the theology. I think I mentioned, I don't know if it's on Tuesday I mentioned this. I don't want to go into the, 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 the theology of, you know, there's this conversation that theologians are always arguing, why did God put that word replenish? Because to replenish is to put something back like, like it was before. So there is a theology, and I, I do subscribe to that, that, that there was a pre-existent civilization before our civilization that God destroyed. And somehow, now, God doesn't give us the detail of all of that in his word. So I say to folk, don't go and spend your life on something that God didn't think was important for you to know. Amen? It's good to have an opinion on certain things, but don't go and spend your life kind of making theologies out of things that God didn't put in his word. We stay with his word. But check out what he said to them. To replenish is to replace. To replenish is to put back. Have you ever lost something in your life? Have you ever lost some time? Have you ever lost some money? Maybe you lost some friends. Maybe you lost your dignity in that undignified event. The blessing will cause you to replenish. Glory be to God. With the blessing, you don't have to stay in a depleted state. You don't have to stay without shape, without form. You don't have to be without, you don't have to be void of something. No, with the blessing, God says to them, he shows up on the earth and he says, replenish the earth. The only place that was habitable at the time was the Garden of Eden, which was the seed. And the plan of God was that man had enough blessing upon him to replenish the whole earth, to cause the whole earth to look like the Garden of Eden. I need you to know that I don't know what you've lost or what they've stolen from you. You've been angry at people who stole stuff from you. It's time to let them go. Why? Because you are so blessed, you will replenish it. Hallelujah. The blessing causes replenishment. You can afford to let certain things just go because God will replenish you. Did they steal your money? Let them go. It's not worth holding them in your jail. Just tap into the blessing and push. 
replenish you. Amen. Did they steal your job? Let them go. God will replenish that job. Did, did you lose your mind? Don't wait. Don't be afraid of wasted years. He can restore the years that the locusts have eaten, the years that the canker worm have eaten. He can restore all of those things and the blessing can cause you to be replenished. So, so, so this is how we think. We are not attached to things. This is why it's so important that you understand. That's why I'm teaching this. It's so important that you understand the blessing is not the thing. The things are the effects of the blessing. And so it is important that you know what to hold on to. Sometimes we hold on to things because we think that this is the blessing. That friend is the blessing. And maybe God used them to bless you in a particular season. But there might be a time for you to let them go. Not because you hate them, but because, you know, they're not right for your life. I'm preaching good. You went quiet on me. Amen. It's okay to let certain things go. Don't think that you are less of a Christian because your house was repossessed. It was a house. There is enough grace upon you to get another house. That's what the blessing does. You can be replenished. You might, have, you might feel like you've wasted your youth or you feel like there were opportunities that you had that you could have taken. Don't worry about it. Now you know the blessing is upon you. He can restore. He can give you 10 years worth of joy in one year. He can give you, uh, you know, 10 years worth of peace in one conversation. He can release you and heal you in a moment. There, the blessing causes a replenishment. Amen. So I see you being replenished. I see you being replenished. I said, I see you being replenished. To everyone who has lost something, I came to announce that your life is not over. The fact that you can still hear me is is evidence that God is looking to replenish. He will replenish your mind. He will replenish your finances. He will replenish your health. He will restore your, 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 your years and the time. He will renew your youth. That's what the blessing can do. And then he says, subdue it. To subdue is to bring something under control. That's what the blessing will do. The blessing will enable you not to be in a place where everything is controlling you. Where your friends are, are unhappy and so you're unhappy. Amen. No, no, you are free from that. You're free from the yo-yo of your friends. Amen. No, no, we're not going to be going up and down on you. You better settle because I'm blessed. Because I am blessed, I subdue my emotions. My emotions don't lead me to places I might feel all kinds of way. And it's okay to feel what you feel. But to subdue is to bring something under control. Is to be able to have the ability to control yourself. One of my confessions is I have self-control. Amen. No, we, we, we don't have to go for everything that we feel. You can subdue it in whichever way. You can bring it under subjection because you are blessed. It's your season to subdue. It's your season. I said it's your season to subdue. It's your season for you not to be pulled around by every wind of doctrine. Going around with everything that you feel. Everything they said affects you and ruins your whole week. No, you're about to become a subduer of your emotions. Amen. No, you are steady. You are steadfast. You are consistent. You walk with God. Why? Because you are blessed. In the valley, you are blessed. On the mountaintop, you are blessed. Because, why? Because I am blessed enough to subdue, even in the valley. Do you get that? You are the boss in the valley. 
Amen. 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 So I say, I'm blessed. Amen. He says, subdue. And he says, and have dominion. Everyone say dominion. dominion. That means you have, have, uh, you have a domain that you have authority over. Listen, the blessing of the Lord has given you domains. Let me break that down. The blessing of the Lord, the place that you work is a domain. Your family is a domain. Amen? Your house is a domain. Our city is a domain. Are you with me so far? The blessing gives you a domain that you are to exercise godly dominion over. So walk into that industry, walk into your business, walk into your work. You, you might be the lowest paid person at that work, but don't walk like you are the lowest paid person. Walk in like you have dominion over this place. Because you do. God is walking with you. Your boss might not be saved, but you are saved. They might not know that you are the reason that they're about to be blessed. Amen. You might still look like an administrator, but like Joseph, you are, you are the reason Potiphar's house is about to be blessed. Why? Because you are blessed. God is with you. That's what dominion looks like. You will not always be falling into and be at the mercy of what others think or the decisions that others make, but you will have dominion over your space dominion in your mind, dominion over your finances. Your finances will no longer be telling you who to bless because you will have so much blessing financially that you have dominion in your finances. No more will you be falling back into debt after God delivers you from debt because you will have dominion over your credit cards. Come on now. Amen. Dominion in every area. In other words, you, God will place you in a place where you are determining what happens in every territory. This is what the blessing will be. I call you blessed. I call you blessed. I came to remind you, you are so blessed. Amen. God is with you. God is for you. God is on your side. He has given himself for you. You are blessed. Would you stand up to your feet? Let the refrain of your heart this, this, this week be unblessed. Let the fallback you have this week be unblessed. I'm blessed. Someone say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. You will be a blessing because you are blessed. Father, I release your word. I've released your word as you gave it to me over your people. And I decree none of my words will fall to the ground. You have given me dominion in this space right now, and so I take authority over every lying spirit. I take authority over everything that has been causing your people to be unrest, to be in a state of unrest. I take authority over every sickness, every disease. I take authority over every mind. I take authority over every fear, every lie of the enemy. I take authority over every, every bill, every letter, everything that causes your people to move from that state of blessedness. I stand on the authority of your word and I rebuke you, Satan. Take your hands off their bodies. Take your hands off their minds. Take your hands off their careers. Take your hands off these families. Take your hands off their families, of their finances. Take your hands off their domain. I call you servant kings. 
I call you priests and kings, that you will stand and, and walk tall, not ashamed to go into any room, not ashamed to speak up and say what God has placed on your mind. I decree that you are a king in this place, that every place you set your foot, the Lord will give you as a possession. This is me blessing you who is blessed. Amen. The Lord will give you possession. Every place you step your foot, he has sent people to favor you. Kings will rise upon your behalf. Strangers will help you. If you are lost, you will find signposts that say, this is the way, walk in it. If you do not know, wisdom will flow like a river into your life. Answers are coming in the name of Jesus. I decree this is your year of promotion, that God will cause you to be promoted in ways that can only be explained by the blessing of the Lord on your life. I decree in the name of Jesus, in your walk with God, your spiritual walk with God is no longer lukewarm. It is no longer in a stagnant place, but indeed you are going from glory to glory, from faith to faith. You are seeing that God is revealing himself to you. I decree that he is restoring the joy of your salvation. You are getting excited about being born again again. You are getting excited about hearing from God, opening the word of God, because you are blessed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said the blessing is working for you. Even now, the blessing is working for you. Even when you don't know what to do, I came to remind you, the blessing is working for you. The blessing is reversing every curse. Every curse that came down your generational line will not come your way because you are blessed. Generational curses have no power over you because you are blessed. The blessing of the Lord is making you rich in every way. You are blessed. Blessed, 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 hallelujah, yeah, you are blessed, thank you Lord, we lift our hands to you, Lord the best we can do for you, just adore you, that you will give your life for us. You will give your life for us. What a wonder you are. Thank you for loving us the way you do. Come on, thank him in your own words. Because this is so amazing, it is overwhelming. Come on, show him gratitude today. Show him gratitude. Show him gratitude. Tell him thank you so much for loving me. Thank you, Lord. I receive that blessing. I want to speak to anyone who has lost something. You have lost something. You have, some things have happened in your life. And you feel like you have lost. The Lord said to remind you that I will replenish. I want to tell you if you've lost something and you don't have hope in a particular area. The Lord said to remind you I will replenish. I will restore, says the Lord. I will restore everything the enemy has stolen from you. If you would turn your gaze upon me, says the Lord, I have the ability. I am God. Hallelujah. I am God and I have the ability to replenish. The Lord will replenish. If you would believe again, if you would turn your face again, I'm not saying, yeah, your frustration has come from trying to work it out. 
and you haven't been able to work it out. You've not been able to work it out. And because you've not been able to work it out, you've not been able to work it out. I'm talking about relationships. I'm talking about your finances. You've not been able to work out how to turn this thing around. And so you are not hopeful for the future. And you are beating yourself up because you're ashamed that you would make that kind of mistake. But I need you to know that the God we serve is a God of mercy. He is a God of grace. He is a God that loves not because we deserve, but because he is love. And if you will turn your gaze back to him, he will replenish. He will replenish. Thank you, Lord. Say, Lord. Say after me, Lord. Be it unto me according to your word. I am that lamb. I am that lamb that drinks water from the rain of heaven. I drink in every word that lines up with your will that I have heard today. I accept it. I receive it. And it's working for me right now in Jesus' name. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise if you can. Whilst you're there, give him a shout of praise to you. You may be seated. You may be seated.